Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I am your host, as always, Dan Canobio. We are coming off of a whirlwind weekend where we saw two fights in the lightweight division. A Saturday fight with Devin Haney and Jojo Diaz, won by Devin Haney. A Sunday night pay-per-view on Showtime, won by Gervonta Tank Davis. So this show will be very lightweight oriented, but we are coming with heavyweight analysis. Joining me on the show this week from Fight Hub TV, PBC on Fox, unofficial score. Marcos Viegas joins the show to break it all down. We're going to get into uh, Haney's performance, Javante's performance. Uh, we're going to talk about Lomachenko fighting Comey this week, how it all shakes out, who's going to fight who, who is the top lightweight right now, what's the top five, what fights are realistic for next year, uh, what's going to happen behind the scenes in order for these fights uh, to be made, what's going on between Floyd Mayweather and Canelo Alvarez, how come Floyd can't stop talking about Canelo Alvarez. All that and more with uh, Marcos Viegas. I love this type of time in boxing that we're having. We talked about this November to remember. <laughs> I beat you over the head with how many good fights we're going to get in this past November. And it's now trickled into December. This upcoming weekend is absolutely loaded. We're going to see, in addition to Lomachenko uh, in and Richard Comey, we're going to see over across the pond, we're going to see Katie Taylor making a defense of her titles. We're going to see uh, Connor Ben fighting Chris Algieri. Uh, we're going to see Sonny Edwards defend his 112-pound title. We're going to see Bivol back in action. I'm probably forgetting some of the fights this this are coming this weekend. I mean, it's absurd. Uh, you got fights of you know, Nito Donaire, uh, one of the best of all time, of uh, the smaller weights. It's back into the ring. Casemiro also fights this weekend. It is a smorgasbord of fights uh, December 11th. It's even crazier uh, December 18th next weekend, but we'll get to that next weekend. Don't have to worry about that just yet. So a ton of fights this upcoming weekend. Uh, we just on a great run. I mean, I feel comfortable saying that boxing is in a good place. We're getting the biggest fights, not exactly the best fighting the best, but it's just one compelling week after the next. This upcoming weekend with Lomachenko. What is Lomachenko going to have to offer? What is he? He's like the wild card of 135, something that we got into uh, in depth with, with, with Marcos on uh, this episode. Uh, without further ado, let's bring in Fight Hubs and Fox Sports, Marcos Villegas. It is time to bring in our guest of honor this week, week here on Inside Boxing Live, Marcos Villegas, PBC on Fox Unofficial Score, creator of Fight Hub, which recently went over the 1 million subscriber mark. Very proud of the work that he has put in over the years, decade in this game. That's good stuff. Marcos, I uh, love talking boxing with you. We have a lot to talk about. How's it going, bro? I'm doing well, man. Thank you for having me on again. Let's get into it. Um, you know, it's funny. We both cover the sport like on a weekly basis, right? We both day in, day in out. We're, we're looking at the, the topics. We're looking at the headlines. And I can't remember a time where one division has really like taken over all boxing news. We got news out of the heavyweights with Fury uh, and Dillian White. We have other news going on in boxing. But all anyone wants to talk about is the lightweight division. And I think it's because three weeks in a row now, 
four fights uh, with the top four guys. It's the hottest division in boxing. And, and I made the case that like, there isn't just like one clear leader. We're going to get into that in a little bit, but just the lightweight division as a whole right now is, is just <laughs> on a tear. Yeah, no, it's, it's on a tear because one, you, you got so many great young fighters that are coming up. Some of which are, are undefeated, uh, undefeated and are exciting to see and have done a great job uh, of marketing themselves. Uh, and, you have the unpredictability of the division as well, which is always good in any sports. When you get upsets, when you get results that you don't expect it, it, I think it spices things up and it gets conversations going and it gets narratives going surrounding the fighters and, and the fights. And, and I think a big impetuous uh, impetuative of this is George Cambosis and, and the upset that he had against Teofimo Lopez. And I think that was really the crescendo uh, for this light division that was already heating up because you had Teofimo, uh, you had Gervonta, you had Ryan Garcia, and you had Devin Haney, and now you have a new figure in uh, George Cambosis, and we can't forget either. Vasily Lomachenko <laughs> is still uh, in the mix, and I'm telling you, bro, I wouldn't be surprised, dude, if Lomachenko becomes undisputed champion again. To be Well, not again, but becomes undisputed champion because he was one belt away from doing that. Yeah. I would not be surprised, and I think a lot of people are just writing him off completely. Now it remains to be seen how he's going to do against Comey. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think there's still a lot left in Lomachenko. Yeah, he's the, he's the dark horse. He's the wild card. We're going to get to him uh, too. He fights this weekend. He's a guy that was the top pound for pound. Uh, still is, uh, uh, you know, had his great record until T Fimo knocked him off. And I think he's healthy now. Uh, I do think he is a major player in all of this. It depends on what top rank wants to do with him. But I always say this, uh, you need a lot of luck in boxing, not in the ring, because I don't believe in any lucky punches and all that outside of the ring in terms of marketing, in terms of how things shake out. There's no schedule. It's not like any other sport where you can, uh, you know, you, the best has to fight the best, the best, you know, it depends on who you sign with who was also in that stable and all that. I was to Tiafimo's very lucky because he signed with top rank. And I doubt that he one day thought that he would square off at Lomach with Lomachenko for all the belts. That was like a perfect storm. Camposos got lucky. He got lucky in the sense, not in the ring. I want to make that very clear. He got lucky in the sense that his fight with Tiafimo obviously got canceled, what, and rescheduled five, six times. And it ended up at the perfect time for him. He obviously had to go in there and win, which he did. But the fact that he won that first big lightweight fight and he was able to go to Haney's fight, he was able to go to Javante Davis's fight. We got Lomachenko's fight this upcoming weekend. Perfect storm for Camposos to maximize it. And on top of it, he's everywhere. You know, we're tweeting about it nonstop. The guy is everywhere. He's doing the right thing. He's he's put himself in a great position in 2021. I made the case last week that outside of Canelo Alvarez, there isn't a guy that's in a better position right now than Cambosos being the network uh, free agent, uh, you know, having all these guys gunning for him to potentially have a fight in his home country of Australia. Another thing we're going to get on too, but lightweight division buzzing right now. And it's weird because they're not all fighting each other. We talked we entered this year with Ryan Garcia getting a huge win over Luke Campbell and it, you know, he started banging the drum for, for Javanta. Well, well, no, no, no. I, I want to say there are people that are fighting each other. It seems to be maybe there's two people 
that aren't fighting each other. But we, I, I, I mean, think in terms seen, of the the top, you know, the I'm, I'm well, like De- in look, look De- Devin's willing to fight anybody. We've seen that. You know, yeah, Joe, but they Joe, haven't fought each. The top they, four guys haven't fought each other. They they, they haven't. But like, Te- you know, Teo is shown that he's willing to fight anybody. Mm-hmm. Devin is shown he's willing to fight anybody. So. Yeah, I, I get that they, they say that, but we still, but my point but being we is, still haven't seen right, it. we still haven't yeah. seen these princes, <laughs> kings, whatever you want to every day that goes by. I think that we're seeing is that maybe these guys there aren't great, but they're very good. I they're think all of them good. have vulnerabilities. Yeah. We're seeing that every week. Tank vulnerabilities, Haney uh, vulnerabilities, Tiofimo obviously vulnerabilities. Move it up to one forty. I think the the jury's still out on Cambosos. Has the best performance of all of them. So far, unless uh, Lomachenko ices Comey with one punch, uh, then maybe we'll have that th- debate there. But lightweight division, even though these guys aren't all fighting each other, it's showing like kind of what you said earlier, where, it, you know, it, it's making it exciting. There's it's fresh every week. We're getting a new storyline. It's great for us uh, in the media. But let's talk about the fight that's most recent in our minds. Sunday night over on Showtime pay-per-view, Javante Davis eked out a decision, close decision over Isaac Cruz, I had Javanta winning very close, seven to five type of fight. Um, obviously, his hand injury played a big role uh, in how he fought down the stretch, which I think he got to show off a little bit of his boxing skills in the twelfth round. A guy who was fighting like uh, it was like Bugs Bunny, he had one hand behind his back and he was bouncing all over the ring. I think you know a lot of people look at Javanta as just this like powerful uh, you know power puncher, but he is a good boxer, and I think he showed that against a guy just like Cambosos. Uh, that and Isaac Cruz that maybe didn't know a lot about and proved that he belongs on uh, the, the top level. I thought it was a good fight for Javanta. Definitely thought that he won. But, uh, you know, coming out of this, how has how Javanta now positioned himself heading into the next year? And what did you think of the performance? I thought overall the performance from uh, Javanta was very good. Uh, like you mentioned, he's starting to show more of his boxing skills uh, now. And mm-hmm. it's not even this fight. You looked at the fight that he had against Barrios, and you look at the fight uh, that he had against Leo Santa Cruz, and all those fights, he he you know he mixed it up. He boxed, and then he set up his spots where he he unleashed uh, his power. Now looking at it ringside, you know there were a few things there that made me think like, hmm, you know may, maybe this will give Gervonta a little bit of difficulties in the future with somebody who's bigger uh, that pressures him, and it, it immediately made me think of Roley. Like, okay, how would he would of handled a Roley who's a lot bigger uh, that would have pressed him and would have kept on him. On the flip side, I, I think Isaac Cruz is a little bit more defensively responsible mm-hmm. than a Roley Romero, uh, given how he was fighting in the high guard in, in the fight, which he did a phenomenal job, did Isaac Cruz. All props to him, man, because I think a lot of people were thinking he was going to get knocked out uh, in this fight and, and the fight wouldn't make it six rounds just because of how aggressive Isaac Cruz is and how uh, wide he throws his punches. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I thought a lot of people felt that uh, there at the Staples that Isaac won. Like, I'm in agreement with you. Like, I, I thought Javonta won two, two, three rounds uh, to get the decision there. Uh, in, in terms of the future, uh, I know there's a lot of fan pressure uh, for Javonta to fight one of the four uh, that we listed uh, in the beginning of this conversation, uh, seeing, you know, who he's fought at this point how there's not really one name that really sticks out and seeing how hot the, the lightweight division is. So we hope that one of those fights uh, does happen. I, I know at the post-fight press conference, they, they were really making it a point to call out Ryan Garcia 
uh, for that fight in the future, though, I don't think we'll, it's something that we'll see like in the first quarter of 2022 because I think, you know, Ryan's going to come back. They're going to want to get like a, a warm-up fight mm-hmm. uh, for him. But fingers crossed that that maybe we could potentially see that fight. Uh, who knows the, the status, though, of um, the networks uh, for a, a Ryan versus Gervonta fight. But definitely in the mix with one of those guys, you know, Cambosis, uh, Ryan, Teo, um, Devin, Devin. I'd love to see him and Devin, to be oh, honest. Oh, man, yeah. I mean, that's the funny thing about this lightweight division. And, and I, I keep a pretty good eye on boxing Twitter. Take some years off my life. But I do look at it pretty uh, frequently throughout the day. And it's like people are making the case for all these fights. Like, man, Tank versus Loma would be epic. Uh, Javante Davis versus Taney would be awesome. Ryan Garcia versus Tank is the fight we've been looking for for over a year now. There's so many you could Cambosos versus any of the list would be good. It's it's like a time where it makes you feel like, oh, I don't know exactly what to what to think. Like what what is the fight? Because in every other division, we can kind of figure out what is the fight. You know, 147, it's Spence and Crawford, 154, it's Castano and Charlo, uh, you know, Canelo, whatever weight class he settles in at, you know, there's some more debates, probably not the best example, but usually we know what the fight is, and we don't know what it is at 135 i guess uh if you are want to keep it clean and you want to have one champion and you want to get rid of that whole disputed nonsense or undisputed you can have camposos versus uh haney uh i still don't think that fight's going to happen in australia uh, i kind of think that's more a second half fight we had lou Debella on the show last week and you know he he says that camposos next fight will 100 percent be in australia so i, I think that But just to stay online uh, with with Javanta, you were there at the press conference afterwards, you know, Mayweather in the mix, uh, LRB in the mix. I mean, I, I agree with the pressure aspect of what you said. It's like, oh, man, I, I'm tired of this debate around Javanta Davis. You know, I think you won't find a person in boxing that doubts his in-ring abilities. But when it comes down to it, 27 years old, his best win is Pedraza, which was four years ago. I don't I don't want to debate this guy's resume anymore. I think it's come to a precipice now where he has to fight one of these top guys or it has his next fight has to be someone big. I, I understand the, the business side of it. And I'm, I think more fans are st- starting to see how the business works. If Haney prices him, Haney's getting a lot of money from, from Matram doesn't necessarily line up to what his worth is uh, other guys as well, but it comes to the point where uh, how is Javante going to go out against another Roley type of fight or another, I mean, Isaac Cruz proved to be pretty good, but you know what I mean? Like another not marquee name. How does he potentially do that? I get he's going to sell out the arena. I get uh, people will buy the pay-per-view, but at at a certain point, doesn't he have to face the the very, very top fighters? Yeah, no, definitely. I think that that's any fighter in in any category at at any point when they, they get to a, a certain point in their career uh but i i you know i tank versus roley you know regardless of, of what maybe a boxing insider would think you know that that fight was actually getting a lot of traction from fans like i wouldn't you know, be surprised if it's next marcos yeah i i wouldn't be surprised either if you know roley well let's see what happens with that whole situation right. that he got i thought coppinger tweeted that, that no charges have been filed obviously yeah. everything has to come through there i mean well let's be very clear here if, if even one of these uh women is is what she's saying is true then he he, he should not be rewarded with yeah. a big fight but if he gets cleared 
I would not be shocked if that's not the next one for Javante. No, I, w- I wouldn't be either. And, and you know that I, I think at the end of the day, like the, the appeal of Tank, regardless of who he fights. And I think the reason why people rock with him and, and like Tank is he, he beats the crap out of people. And let's plain and simple. Like it's, it's not that hard to like be loved by fans. Okay. Like it's, it's if you go out there and you beat the crap out of your opponents and you knock them out, you're going to get fans from all over the place and they're going to love you. And tank is that guy. Like, you know, look, look at his record. He, he has almost all knockouts except for this last one and one before, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's, it's the same thing that uh, the same are the same hype that we saw behind Gennady Golovkin when Absolutely. he was on his, his knockout streak. Mike Tyson, people love fighters that knock people out and that's the appeal of tank. So I think, Whenever he steps in the ring, that's why people are there because they know Tank doesn't mess around. Tank's no, there awesome, uh, to get business done. You were there Sunday. So I, what I would say is like Tank has like his fights feel like an event. Like they feel has a different feel. Uh, the arenas are full. There are uh, if you care about this, there are celebrities there. You know, Haney's fight, big fight, but it didn't have that same type of feel around it. I, I do agree that the Haney one probably had a little more eyeballs because it was probably a better matchup, but it ended up being a uh, tanks fight, which was a better fight because we Isaac Cruz put, fo- put forth a better performance. I, I don't know, man. It, it's tough because you have Ellerby and Mayweather, you know, kind of saying like, why isn't tank in the top 10? But on the other hand, they're also not willing to put him in. You can't really have it both ways. Yeah. You uh, can't you have know. the guy in the top 10 if he's not fighting guys that are like ranked top 10 in his division. Right. He has or, top 10 or skills. at least top five. Right. You he know, has- no, he, he has pound for pound skills. I, I like yeah. the more I see tank fight, the more I'm starting to see that he's just as good as what Leonard uh, and Floyd have been saying like he's starting to show those dimensions that I didn't really get to see before yeah. earlier in his career and I'm starting to see like oh okay I didn't know he could do this oh okay I he handled this well mm-hmm. so I'm starting to see it like they're 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 starting to make me a believer in him because before when they would say like him and Lomachenko I'd be like no there's no way he's gonna be competitive in that fight with Lomachenko but you know now with, with time and seeing how Lomachenko did against Teo given the size and just the big punch of Gervonta and, and all these guys uh, you know, I'm starting to be a believer in Gervonta's skills. Like, even though I don't think he's fully shown all those skills yet, mm-hmm. we're starting to see little peaks of uh, of those skills. And I think, you know, Leonard and Floyd speak uh, with perspective because they've seen him in the gym display the skills that we haven't seen him display in fights. But I think those skills will get displayed in the fights with those guys that we've mentioned. Yeah, he had. He was so quick. Uh, his that check left uppercut is is a thing of beauty. Uh, he's got a quick right hook now too. He jabbed well. Uh, no, I, just I his thought, timing, man. His timing with like those really uppercuts. Good. Yeah, his timing know? is. I mean, the kid's ferocious. I love watching him fight. He's like one of my favorite fighters to watch fight. I want to see him in a big one. Inverse Ryan Garcia. I've been saying it forever. Is is that's the most. That's the biggest. I think that's the fight. yeah. It is at one thirty-five. That that I think is the biggest fight. Gervonta versus that's like a Super Bowl type Ryan, of thing. Like I think you know the, the, of the world, the houses, the highlights, the yeah, the, those accounts will converge and it will be a massive event. And if you're Mayweather promotions, I've said this for a while now. If it is a no-brainer type of fight for them, you have a guy by Canelo's own admission and Ryan Garcia that's not one hundred percent committed to the sport. Yet is still may, is still very popular and probably provides or definitely provides the biggest monetary upside uh, of any of the other contemporaries out there. So it's a winnable fight. 
that's going to create the most money. It just depends on, on Ryan Garcia. He's got to be active. He has to fight in 2021. He has to show that he's committed. He has to, you know, he can talk all he wants on Twitter and he can tweet, uh, you know, nonstop. But I mean, he's got to fight for, I don't think they're going to rush in, in, into that one uh, just yet. Let's move over to Devin Haney, Jojo Diaz, Saturday night uh, over on the zone. Uh, I said this afterwards, Marcos, to see if you agree with me. I thought it was a, a, a solid, solid prize fight, not a great fight. And I also thought Haney is, does a lot of things good, but not one thing great. Hmm. Like his hmm. jab is good. Like his defense is sound. Like he's got good place, yeah, decent power, I, I, but doesn't have like that one thing that separates him from the Yeah, rest. yeah. That's what I was going to get to right now. He doesn't have that one thing that you, you look at and be like, oh, how is this guy going to deal with this? Mm -hmm. I think maybe that one thing could be, you know, his, his ring IQ, the, the way he approaches a fight and how, how he's able to game plan for a fight and execute that. Maybe that can be the, the one thing that over time we start seeing because, you know, he, he executed the plan – uh, very, very well. There were spots uh, in that fight where he was uncomfortable, where he got clipped clean uh, by Jojo Diaz. But uh, I think the the thing on Jojo's part is just he wasn't able to let his hands go. He wasn't able to really consistently mm -hmm. mount his offense to get those rounds back um, that in those back and because there was a lot of swing rounds in, in, in that fight. And I feel that Devin landed the more clear shots uh, to the face, but no, this, this, you know, look at the, the last two fights that Devin's had Jorge Linares, three division world champion, mm -hmm. probably going to go in the hall of fame. And now Jojo Diaz, a, a solid, solid guy. Oh, so yeah. now he, had he, the best year. To, yeah. He's starting to build a heck of a resume now yeah, he uh, had with the, the last fighters of, he's fought. He had the best year of the, his, his guys around his age. I, I it was going to be Ryan Garcia with Luke and Jojo, but obviously he pulled out. Uh, Javanta, you can make a case now too. He has two pretty good wins. Barrios, whatever you think about Barrios, the fact that he beat 140 pounder, knocked him out, and then beat Isaac Cruz, who we think now is better than he is. And Tio only only fought once. I mean, Haney is testing himself. I love that about him. And if you read our, our friend Corey Erdman's uh, story, is a guy that is like so self aware and wants to like know what he did wrong after every fight. He's willing to bring in different voices. I uh, brought in Mike McCallum to work on body shots. I thought that paid off in this fight. I think it was 74, uh, uh, 71 of his 164 landed punches, Haney, were to the body. I thought that was the biggest difference uh, in this fight. That's showing a, a new wrinkle. I mean, he's very sound. He's very good, but, you know, he's not a huge ticket seller. Um, you saw that on, on Saturday night. He's getting paid very handsomely by Matchroom, but I'm not exactly sure it adds up to what he is worth. Uh, you know, that's the type of thing that we see in boxing all the time. It's like, if you put these guys out on the open market, you would see well, <laughs> a lot different uh, with them, what they're getting paid. This all, I'm reason I bring that up because I'm not always hundred percent into that part of the game, but it's important and how these fights are going to be made, especially if we want to see Haney fight, you know, a tank, you know, that they're very interested in tank side in, um, making sure it makes sense. You know, we're not going to overpay Haney just because Haney's getting paid a lot by matchroom doesn't mean we're going to overpay him uh, to, to fight uh, a tank. But I, I thought it was a good performance. I, I thought he did what he had to do. And yes, he his I feel like the one knock on him is his chin, but he did get clipped a few times against Jojo. But then he finished the fight a lot stronger than he finished the fight against Linares. Yeah, well, Linares clipped him, clipped him good. Yeah. And, and you know, Jojo 
even though he packs a, a good solid punch, he's never been an explosive um, KO type guy. And, and Jorge has those explosive features given how mm -hmm. fast he is as well. So th there is still that question of, about how is he going to handle a guy that has a lot of pop, who's young uh, and, and explosive. It remains to be seen um, at, at this point in his career. But I think overall, you know, Haney, Haney's just solid, just a solid, solid. guy, mm -hmm. solid guy. I agree. Solid. Very good. Um, you know, he says the right things, you know, he, afterwards, the him and Cain Bosos. No, no, to be honest, I, I, I wish he would talk a little bit more ish because I see <laughs> yeah. it in him. I see yeah. it in him. And I feel if, if he mix it up, made things a little bit spicier, maybe his profile will grow a little bit more. But, you know, it, it's it's all good if he doesn't want to go that route. I prefer him to be real than to be fake and, and create some sort of fake persona around him. Well, he just posted something this week with, uh, you know, he's adding more chains and uh, people are all the people are like, hey, save your money. Do this, that and the other. You know, he's grown into it. He's only 23. Uh, he's a That's young kid, man. Too. We all bought we all bought stuff like that when we were 20. Imagine <laughs> yeah. having all that money at 23. Oh, man, when I was 23 and I had a wad of cash in my pocket from from work and I just bought like new era hats and Air Force Ones. And yeah. just, this guy's buying chains, flying on private jets. He's only 23 and he's proving oh, it. He's improving every time he steps in, in the ring. And well, so he's, now he's earned it. He's oh, earned I, it, I'm, absolutely. He's got one of the more interesting come ups uh, with his dad, you know, kind of being his own promoter, fighting at age 17 in Vegas. And he's 23, but he's like a veteran, but he's also still learning learning now especially as he steps into the elite level love wa watching him fight too uh, now with his upcoming uh future uh it seems like he's narrowed in on Camposo. says he'd go to australia i, I don't i these guys say this stuff afterwards but like we said earlier having lou uh, on the show last week and, and talking to him uh you know behind the scenes is Cambosos is going to fight. I think his next fight will be in, in Australia. I, I honestly think he deserves, a, you know, like a top 15 type of defense for his hometown fans. And then you could circle back to the best option out there. If Haney doesn't get Cambosos, I don't know what Haney does next. Hmm. I mean, does he have, I'm sure he has some type of mandatory. Or, I'm sure. Or, yeah. Or, I'm sure they'll, they'll come up with uh, an opponent for Devin. Obviously the fight to make, uh, they were pushing it after the broadcast. They, they, they brought in Devin uh, and, and Cambosis so they could have, you know, the the little um, like a face meetup off. that they had. The fight to make is the undisputed fight. Now, whether they're going to go into it in Australia, I honestly do think that Devin is more than willing to go to Australia to face Cambosis. Mm -hmm. um, but if they want to go ahead and do that, if, if they kind of want to milk this out, George doesn't seem like a guy that he just wants like whatever fights as well you know and talking with him uh, it sounds like he he wants to he doesn't want to mess around he, he wants to go right into it uh as well now don't you, don't you think the adrenaline is just like still pumping for this guy i mean so no i think that's how he really is to be okay, honest but what meaning like I, this is pure speculation but let's just say he gets home holidays there's no more cameras on him every single day a couple of weeks go past and his team comes to him and it's like hey listen um you're getting crazy money right now offers to fight blah 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 who's not a, one of the top guys you can do it here you know get a huge crowd and then we can go into a 2022 fight i mean we've seen how this business works would you be well, it's, it's gonna this? be either this it's gonna be something like that or the mandatory is gonna start piling up and they're gonna have to make a decision like hey do we go they're gonna they're gonna have their hand forced either yeah. you're gonna have to relinquish some of the belts in order to get the money fights mm -hmm. or you're gonna have to go through these mandatories so if he gets a mandatory thrown on him maybe that could be the next fight in australia and then after that he'll have an option of going into a big fight uh but he's you know we, we've seen it time and time again with uh 
the fighters that are or become unified champions or undisputed champions that they only have a, a small window yep. to get the fight that we want them to see because then the mandatory is going to start piling up. I think uh, the, the best example is uh, Klitschko when he had all the belts and he was just going through mandatory, mandatory, mandatory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. And that was boring. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. The Klitschko yeah. reign was not good. I mean, he, I mean, he, he did what he had to do knocked everyone out. He was very, he wanted to keep all those ones, but can't George just hit the, hit the lottery. I mean, and he's in a very good spot. So, I mean, I'd love to see Haney fight him next. Uh, I'm just being like cautious, cautiously optimistic as a, I, you know what I do. I got a weird feeling and, and I don't know. Sometimes I'm on these things. Sometimes or not. I have a weird feeling if Lomachenko beats Comey, that's going to be the next fight. Right, it's Lomachenko right. versus Cambosis. They could do that. I mean, ESPN, I mean, it, it's going to depend on who presents the best deal to Peter Kahn and, and Lou DiBella. Listen, ESPN could say, we want this fight badly. We want this to be an ESPN pay-per-view. Uh, Lomachenko is known across the world. That fight makes sense in Australia because it has an international feel. Pay-per-view, and then yeah. George will have two more appearances on ESPN after it. It's a three-fight deal. That's what it's going to come down to. Who's going to offer the best thing? Matchroom is going to offer Haney, and they're going to offer Lou DeZone, and, and then Lou can maybe potentially ask for more fighters on his stable uh, to appear on DeZone or, or ESPN. That's what it's going to come down to. So those talks are happening as we speak of Val Camposas. He is the guy. People are licking their chops. you got Shakur Stevenson at uh, not even his weight class is looking to fight Camposas because I think a lot of guys look at him as like a beatable, as beatable, number one, Camposas, and a way to have all the belts and especially lucrative, too, because with the whole country behind him in uh, Australia. Oh, man, this is this is good stuff, Marcos. Let's talk about the lightweight division as a whole, my friend. Uh, who is your top five right now? I'm going to put you on the spot. I'll give you mine first. I'm going to go. This is. I'm going to go with Cambosos, number one, just because he's got all the belts and he's got the best performance so far. Two and three is interchangeable for me. Loma, Tank. I think those two, uh, I think Loma with his pedigree. Obviously, I think he's healthy now. Tank, I think, is the most explosive, has the best power, uh, the freshest. Uh, And then you got Haney at four. And then just for the sake of it, I'm putting Ryan Garcia at number five. Top five at 135 pounds. Obviously, George Cambosis number one because mm-hmm. he just beat the number one who beat the number one. So I don't think there's any argument there. He's the top lightweight in the world, and he's proved it. Number two is where things get interesting. You picked Lomachenko. And I could see uh, you picked Lomachenko, right? Yeah, Loma too. Loma too, and I could see that because of, of the skills that Loma has. I'm gonna wait to crown him two, mm-hmm. not crown him, but put him two to see how he looks like against Comey. Call me crazy. I'm putting Tank number two. That's not in that because because I because honestly I think in a fight between him and Devin, I favor Tank just a little bit. In a fight between him and Ryan, I favor Tank. In a fight uh, between Cambosis, that's a good one. But I think a lot of people would favor Tank. Uh, so I put him at number two. Number three, I would put Lomachenko. Uh, number four, I would put. Devin and then number five, I would put Ryan. And the reason why I'm not even including Teofimo in that is because he's not yeah, he's fighting not, at 135 fighting. pounds anymore. He's yeah. moving up to 140 pounds. Right. And and then you got the the second half, you know, William Cepeda, I think is a guy under the oh, Golden man. Boys. Yeah. Like, dude's a beast. 
And uh, Isaac Cruz belongs in this discussion, like a top 10 discussion. Top and, 10 for sure. Right. I'm sure there's other, like JoJo, if he wants to stay at 135, is probably top in 10 the, as well. JoJo. Jorge's still in there. Top yeah, 10. Linares, Linares deserves to be in there for what he's done in, in, in his career. It's a loaded division. I mean, it's jam packed. You can make a case for all these guys to fight each other. You can make for all these cases of who should be the favorite. I would not be, like, like you said, with Tank. Like, Tank. Yeah, well, people would say, favorite. like, no, no way, Marcos. Like, Lomachenko's way more skilled than Tank. He's shown this, this, and that. But it's like, when you look at overall, like, Tank, like, the power and, and what he's been showing in these fights and, and seeing how some of these guys have reacted to guys that have a good punch, mm-hmm. it makes you wonder, like, if Tank cracks these guys, <laughs> how are they going to react? And I don't right. think they're going to react very well if Tank cracks them cleanly. Well, the thing with Loma, and well, let's get to Loma right now. Loma versus uh, Comey this Saturday on HBO. The thing with Loma HBO, is, come on, sorry, bro. You're, wow. you're in nostalgia land. Holy crud. What did I get that from? I wish it was on HBO. <laughs> it's on ESPN. Uh, the thing with Lomachenko is, I mean, he's north of 30, two sh- uh, shoulder surgeries now, and then 300-plus amateur fights. And, yes, he looked great against Nakatani. That was a fight for him to look great. And to 60% of his punches. I mean, it was just, he teed off on Nakatani and he looked great. But we have to reserve all judgments on Lomachenko until we see versus Comey. I think Comey's a guy that definitely belongs in this top 10 lightweight uh, discussion as well. He's towards the back, but he's damn good, man. Comey's got a massive right hand. Uh, he's looking to make another upset here in the year of the upset in, in 2021. I think Lomachenko is the wild card in this whole discussion because of his name recognition, his popularity, and his he could still fight. But how much does he have left? We're going to see that Saturday night. Yeah, it's really that. It's, it's how much does he have left? How much wear and tear does he have? I, I think the loss to Lopez has really fueled him. And, mm-hmm. and people doubting him have really fueled him and, and really gotten that fire lit up on him when maybe, maybe you know, he was beating guys earlier so easily that he was just kind of like, yeah, this is too easy for me. And he's getting bored. Uh, now it's not like that anymore. But also, he's in a division where everyone's a lot bigger than him. And, and, you know, 135 has not been the easiest thing for Vasily Lomachenko because these guys can take his punch a lot better. Uh, They're a lot bigger. They can pressure him. And and Comey is another guy that I feel is going to be a good test for him to see where he's at. We thought the same thing with Nakatani. Nakatani could take a punch. He had a great fight with Teofimo Lopez. If there's one guy that's going to test Lomachenko, it's going to be him. And, And look what Lomachenko did to him. Uh, so let's see if Lomachenko can have another Nakatani type performance, another vintage Lomachenko type performance uh, against another solid guy uh, like a, a Richard Comey, who, who's going to come forward, who's who's uh, a big, big puncher and is really going to put it on Lomachenko when he can. The, yeah, uh, this was supposed to be the fight. Remember a few years ago before Tio? Yeah, uh, I think it was Loma got hurt or no, no, sorry. Comey got hurt, broke his hand. This was supposed to be the, the undisputed fight. This was this. That's just how quickly things can change in boxing. It was supposed to be Loma versus Comey for all the belts. Uh, Comey gets hurt. Lomachenko, uh, Teofimo jumps in, knocks out Comey. Then he fights Lomachenko. But the one thing that I'm, I'm, I'm happy that Lomachenko's back in this discussion. He's like forgotten about, uh, you know, because of that one loss. And, and it's something that we've always talked about, Marcos. It's like one loss shouldn't I mean he's got two losses but one loss shouldn't mean like that you're out of the discussion especially when you're on the elite level look at this number one he ranks in lightweight in plus minus that's hit don't get hit that's plus 17.6 and that's number two in all of boxing as a whole 47 number one uh Bival 
But wow. you can make a case that Lomachenko should be uh, ahead of just off of activity. 47.7 power connect rate. If you get around f- over 40, you're, you're damn good. Close to 50, you're, you, it's just absurd. 36 uh, 0.4 overall connect rate, uh, which is damn good. And seven jabs landed per round. Those are all number one at, at 135. The guy has been in this division for, uh, 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 well, he's been at 130, but he's, he's the elder statesman uh, of this whole discussion at lightweight. And I want to see what he's got uh, this upcoming week. And this is the beauty of it. Like we talk at the top of this uh, discussion is when have we had a run like this where we can just on the fly just like rate these guys in like real time. And then it ends with Lomachenko this weekend to see what he's fully got in a, in, in a tough test. But the thing with Loma is he's, he's been saying, I want to be undisputed at 135. I want to be undisputed. That's, that's his thing. Just like Canelo. Like when you, these guys say what they want to do, they're very goal oriented. This is what I want to do. Then you have Bob Aram out of nowhere, Shakur Stevenson uh, versus Loma. That's obviously the, the politics. That's the top rank ESPN uh, you know, injection in all of this. So obviously we all want to see Loma versus some of these young guns at 135, but you know, he might strike out and then they might pivot to Stevenson at 135. Yeah, I could see that. It's, it's an in-house fight. It's easy to make. I think Shakur really had a spectacular performance against Jamel Herring in his last fight. And I think that fight really opened a lot of people's eyes that maybe had a negative opinion of, how Shakur fights because he was getting criticized a lot for being a boring fighter. Mm-hmm. And I, and, and in this fight, he showed like, no, like when he wants to turn it on, he could turn it on. And, and that was uh, just a, just a master class oh, yeah. on his part. And he really showed that he, he can be uh, an entertaining fighter. And I think th- there's a lot of appeal there uh, for both. You know, Shakur is going to be a, a guy who's going to be in the pound for pound discussion uh, in, in the next few years. And he has the skills. He's shown that he he he's very, very versatile. He's a lot better than what people thought he is. And I think that Jamel Herring opened people's eyes to like, whoa, like this yeah. guy is a lot better than what we thought he is. That was a virtuoso performance. I yeah. loved every second of it. I mean, he really turned the the he made me sold. Like honestly, yeah. if he were to move to 135, like He's up there, number one, number two. Like yeah, to be honest, of, just because of the skills that he has, mm-hmm. sustainable and I think skills. The, the, no, the Jamel Herring fight yeah. is, is really showed it. Like if he wants to be offensive, he's gonna cause. A, he's gonna these yeah. guys. He's always in range. Stevenson's got great jab and he's got the best defense. I mean, that he can really, I mean, he win any fight with, with those things. I mean, those are the three things that, I mean, sometimes it's not the most exciting and that's been the knock on him, but I think he showed in his last fight placement. He might not have all the power play. He just beat Herring down with placement. Yeah. And that's something that Haney has too. It's like Haney makes up for his lack of power with perfect placement. And I think, Stevenson's the same way. Like, I'm not going to be upset if it ends up being Lomachenko-Stevenson. I think that would be an awesome fight. Uh, and I'm sure Lomachenko will get paid handsomely. Uh, it's interesting to see what happens next. It all depends on uh, if Loma pushes top rank to make these fights with the other champs. I want to see the undisputed fight with, with Cambosis. Versus, but it, what, yeah, Haney? but in order for that to happen, uh, yeah. And then Lomachenko. Like, I, I'm, I'm happy... Actually, I'm happy with Cambosis Lomachenko. I think that's a tremendous freaking fight. Huge fight. And Lou brought it up last week. You know, he's, he said. I know, love that fight, man. I, yeah. I like that maybe more than any of them. <laughs> it's got it, a lot going for it. I mean, it's a huge international fight. I think one thing we've learned that boxing is not just 
you know, relegated to just the U.S. This is a worldwide sport. Put that in Australia. I mean, everyone knows Lomachenko. He's, he's known across the whole world. He's got the pedigree. I mean, his guy was top five pound for pound for years. Number one, uh, people had him for years. First Cambosos, you know, smaller, two smaller guys uh, at 135. I mean, that fight has everything. That's the beauty of this. I think if, to put a bow on it all, this 135 is like, you know, we just threw out like so many fights and, and they're all good. But, but this is why it's exciting because exactly. some of these guys are now fighting each other, willing to fight each other. And I think this should be an example to, to everybody, every fighter in every division that fight the guys we want to see you fight because regardless of win or lose, mm -hmm. we're still going to want to see you fight again. And yeah. you're going to get paid a lot of money still because people want to see you fight. Yep. As long as people want to see you fight, you're going to make a lot of money right i think we're slowly 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 getting away from you have to have a zero yeah in that, in that i hope that goes away forever because that, that shouldn't even be a thing like yeah. if you it's look at the fighters fighters up until floyd like it wasn't a big deal like okay yeah they lost we still want to see him again because they're they're a badass fighter that's why we want to because this guy puts on amazing fights exciting look at Gabe Rosado people want to see him fight all the time because he puts on <laughs> badass fights he's got 13 losses but yeah he was in a main event against Munguia uh showcase you're right I think we're slowly getting away from it bring yeah. to, to bring up Floyd it's a good thing bring Floyd into this discussion here man wow he has been on the offensive lately when it comes to Canelo uh a lot of times he's asked you're in these scrums all the time he's asked about Canelo but I feel like Sunday night he was just out of nowhere unprompted went in on Canelo and we've seen Floyd do this a lot he did it with Pacquiao when Pacquiao went on to you know fight after Floyd retired to beat when he beat Thurman uh when he beat Broner you could just tell that this this types of stuff annoys Floyd because yes he's probably going to the best of this past generation. I mean, it's no doubt he was undefeated, but he it seems like Pacquiao and now Canelo are, I wouldn't say more respected, but they have something different that I don't think Floyd or Floyd didn't even want that. You know, he just wanted to make the most and be the villain, but now he's seeing Canelo, despite the fact that Floyd beat him getting so much praise for jumping up weights and doing historic things that it just bothers him. I, I truly feel that. Do you feel the same way? Hey, you could be right, you know, but I don't know. He, like Floyd's so smart in terms of generating interest mm -hmm. and he's no, he knows what he's doing when he says some of these things. And, and I really think it, it's to kind of just stir the pot because he knows he says something about Canelo. He knows it's going to get a lot of clicks, a lot of views. Um, and I, I just always remember Floyd saying to us like throughout his career, doesn't matter if you talk good about me. It doesn't matter if you talk bad about me, as long as you talk about me. Yep. Uh, and, and he's keeping his name relevant still. And, and you know, his fighter, Gervonta, uh, as well. So a part of me thinks it's more that more that he knows this is going to ruffle feathers. He knows these clips are going to go viral. He knows it's going to help promote his brand, his fighters brand, his events brand. Um, you know, I, I think I don't know, maybe he could be right. But a guy that's as accomplished as Floyd has made the money that he's made. I, I like to think he doesn't give a crap about any, any, any of that, to yeah, he, be honest. Yeah. Tyson said it a few years back. He said that like, he has to have like bodyguards with him to go pick up his daughter from school. Like that's not the people's champion. And it's just like a little knock on Floyd's got everything. He's got the money. He's got the, the fame. He's got the accolades. He's the best of our division hundred percent. But I think it gets under his skin a little bit 
when Canelo's even mentioned in the same breath as him, or Pacquiao's mentioned in the same breath as him. Pacquiao, seven losses. He beat Pacquiao. Canelo, uh, he beat uh, Canelo. He just has to remind everyone. It's just like competitive spirit. I, I That's part of it. And like you said- I can see that. The competitive spirit, ego, and him wanting to be yeah. in the in the limelight and knowing the ultimate market marketability guy. I mean, the guy was, a, it, you can't deny that. It's interesting. I, it's, it's good for the world that you're into uh, with uh, I'm putting this stuff on, on YouTube. It, it's gold. Every time uh, Mayweather talks, it ruffles people's feathers, but you shouldn't take it too, too damn serious. This Thursday though, boxing writers association dinner, my uh, dad's getting uh, an award, but Floyd, and Canelo are going to be there. They're expected oh, to be man. in the same room. Jeez. I'm going to have my cameras rolling. Uh, I talked to a few of the the organizers. Uh, they're se- they're like keeping them on like op- it's like a wedding when you have like one side of the family that doesn't get along. They're on opposite ends this Thursday. Mm, that's going to be interesting. It's it's like a like reality show type stuff there. <laughs> no, yeah. but you know what? I bet you anything they'll they'll go and they'll say what's up to each other. They'll shake each other's hands and you know, hell of a fighter. Yeah. We'll call him a young, hungry champ, a young, hungry lion, you know. Yeah, I'm interested to see how, how that all plays out. But you're right. There's always trickles down to, to tank with Floyd, and he's got one. He's got a good one. Lightweight division on fire, boxing on fire. Uh, I say this every week on this show, but actually, this is true, man. We're in a great stretch. November was awesome. This upcoming weekend, there's fights around the clock. Uh, next year, I think we're going to have some big ones, too. I think Tyson Fury, Dillian White, and we can get Tyson Fury, Joshua. I think it all starts with them, uh, the heavyweights, and it all trickles down. Maybe Spence Crawford. Man, there's so many good stuff going on in boxing. I actually feel confident saying that. Appreciate the time, Marcos. Everyone go follow, subscribe to Fight Hub. Uh, let's get into 2 million by the end of next year. How about that? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. Thank you. Okay, special thanks to Marcos Viegas for joining us here on Inside Boxing Live. Love his uh, insights. The guy has good scorecards. <laughs> How many times have we seen bad scorecards uh, in boxing? We just saw it this past weekend. You know, one of these judges had uh, Javante Davis losing the 12th round. Adam actually had Cruz winning a clean sweep from rounds 8 through 12 when Cruz threw fight low and landed fight low in, in round 12, which he still gave cruise the round in round 12 see so many so much bad judging and i think marcos is one of the best unofficial scores uh we got in the game right now love talking boxing with him uh this upcoming week on thursday night the boxing writers association uh will be giving out their fighter of the year awards their fighter of the decade fighter of the year just happens to be from last year canelo alvarez and fighter of the decade floyd mayweather they're both going to be in the same room on thursday night i'll be there in attendance because the Long and Meritus Award, the basically the Lifetime Achievement Award is going to my dad, Bob Canobio, the creator of CompuBox, who uh, obviously is very dear to me and is very dear to our family, a guy that is, likes to be behind the scenes. But for the last close to 40 years now, CompuBox, over 35 years of existence, he's been in, around the boxing game for close to 40 years. This guy lives, eats, and breathes boxing and on a personal level being so much to me uh, in my life and my career and my entire family. You know, I'm one of five, uh, all five of my, all four of my siblings have went on to college all uh, you know, they all have kids now, seven grandkids and it's all because of my dad and all the hard work and my mom as well. But uh, you know, starting CompuBox in the mid eighties 
And the guy has literally seen almost every punch thrown and landed since 1985. He's been there for so many great moments in Mike Tyson's career. You know, you know go up and down all the great heavyweight fights in the 80s. Hagler Hearns right behind me. Uh, that was the fourth fight in the history of CompuBox. He was there. Uh, go through the 90s. Go through with Floyd and De La Hoya. And now through the 2000s with this era that we're in now. And it's been a great run. And I know how much boxing means to him. So I'm happy that he's getting credit uh, I'm happy that he gets his moment to shine on Thursday night uh, with the Boxing Rights Association. They do a great job. So shout out to Bob Canobio for his long emeritus service to boxing. And he's a special person to me and uh, he should be celebrated. That's a wrap for this week. We'll see you next week at Inside Boxing Live.